This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06 Monday, the 16th of January, and you're listening to The Morning Run with Philip C. Chong Jensen, and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Now, in about 30 minutes, we'll be speaking to Jeff Ng, Senior Currency Analyst at MUFG on his outlook on global currencies. But let's recap how global markets closed last Friday. US markets ended up as investors digested bank earnings and bad inflation would ease in 2023. The Dow was up 0.3%, S&P 500 up 0.4%, the Nasdaq was up 0.7%. In Asian markets, the Nikkei was down 1.3%, Hang Seng and the Shanghai Composite was up 1%, the Straits Times Index it was up 0.8% and the FBM KLCI it was up by 0.4%. So for more on where international markets are heading, we have on the line with us Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global. Good morning, Kingsley. Now, the S&P and the Nasdaq actually had a fantastic, rather uh, second straight week of gains, their best weekly performance since November last year. Help us explain what is happening to markets because Nasdaq is up close to 6%, S&P 500 close up 4%. Yeah, I mean, certainly a rally is welcome and the market is enthusiastic that all the bad times uh, will soon be over because interest rates will stop rising. And th- that view is driven by, you know, this moderating inflation. And of course, there was a, a CPI print in the United States that was actually negative in December. Um, a lot of those effects, though, um, we still have to be a little bit cautious, uh, we think, because uh, the real problem now for the US market is declining profit margins in stocks. Um, and that's largely driven by higher costs on the wage side. Um, and since revenue growth has been okay for a long time, the market's sort of a bit complacent, we think, about that margin decline. And just to give you an example, you know, way, way, way back in, in 2000 when Microsoft was king, uh, you know, their profit margins peaked out at around 40% net. And then they went down to about 20% over the next two years. Uh, and the reason why that's relevant is obviously, you know, you, you need – 100% sales growth to make up for a halving in margins uh, to get back to the same profit level. And also what happens is the, the earnings multiples decline. So we think we're still in the early stages of that for a lot of US tech. Uh, and that's why, you know, obviously we like quality companies like Microsoft, for example, or indeed Alphabet. Uh, and over in semiconductor land, I mean, you know, companies like TSM and NVIDIA have excellent long-term prospects. Uh, but we think there may still be a bit of a hiccup to come as the market digests just how long uh, this decline in profit margins may persist because that obviously offsets uh, sales growth and can lead to flat earnings or indeed even declining earnings in spite of rising sales. Kingsley, would it be fair to say that bad employment data is good for markets in the short term but not so in the medium term because it will impact earnings then? Yeah, absolutely. That's the key thing. Um Look, I, I think the the really positive thing in the United States, especially, but you're seeing it elsewhere. I'm not sure about in Malaysia, but here in Australia, you know, unemployment is, I think, at a 40 year low or something. And, you know, that's a good thing, right? Because it means that everyone has jobs and, and it's, it's you know, that, that's what we want to see. Uh, but it does mean that, that companies that haven't planned for the necessary productivity gains to pay higher wages, um, you know, they may be struggling a little bit um, to continue to grow their earnings. And then the market, uh, we'll start to look for employment declines as a sign that there's reduced pressure on uh, you know those those costs. 
And that's the conundrum we're in right now. We're not really sure, I think, as investors in general, um, you know, whether this dynamic is going to have the good side of employment growth persist, but have sufficiently high wage growth that it cruels margins. And then from the investor perspective, they sell the market. Uh, we just don't know yet. So uh, it's a welcome with this rally in the first two weeks. We just have to see how we get through this earnings season in the United States. And Kingsley, at, the state, at this stage of the market cycle, would you prefer stocks as opposed to bonds? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, in the United States, um, we'd be thinking about adding some bonds for the reasons I mentioned, because there's still some very richly valued tech stocks in the, in the US market that dominate. Um, but outside the US, I, I think it's really a story of, of just buying stocks, basically, uh, because the rest of the world didn't do as well as the United States during the big boom. Uh, and now we see a lot of value. I mean, if you look at Japan, there's a lot of stocks there doing quite well. Uh, Europe, surprisingly, is doing pretty well in, in spite of the headwinds from high energy prices. Uh, and over in Asia, we, we think that there are quite a lot of companies that are just outright cheap, particularly in mainland China. Uh, so I think stocks outside the US and maybe a few bonds in the US while you wait out this adjustment to valuation. Kingsley, I want to talk about results that came out in US on Friday, which are the banks. So you've got Bank of America, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan and Citi. They all reported earnings on uh, that day. What, what, what was your takeaway from the results? I think it's a bit of a, a mixed bag because of these employment trends. So firstly, the really good thing for the US banks is that because of low unemployment and uh, you know consumers seeing prices fall, uh, you know, there was a big backup in demand for automobiles uh, that saw used car prices go up a lot. Um, but now you're seeing, you know, companies like Tesla cut the price of a of a Tesla in places like the United States by up, up to 20% in some cases. Um, so, so therefore, I, I think the good news for the banks is that so far the U.S. consumer uh, is still has some savings and they're spending freely on the credit cards because they don't uh, really fear unemployment. Uh, with the white-collar sector with financial layoffs and also tech sector layoffs, so far, particularly in the tech sector, a lot of those people have been able to find jobs. So those conditions are still good. The downside for, for the U.S. banks is that mergers and acquisitions activity is well off, and that's usually a big earner for them. And that's why you're seeing layoffs in firms like Goldman's. You know, they made some big bets uh, in consumer banking. They're now pulling back from it. And I think that that will persist through this year. There's a bit of an adjustment period. Uh, so it's a very mixed bag in the U.S. banks, uh, but multiples are not that bad. So I don't think they're going to have any real balance sheet stress. It's more a question of lower earnings. Okay, Kingsley, uh, one more question on the banks. Though. Uh, I think there were reports coming out from from all the calls that were made subsequently after the result season from the different CEOs. And there was a common theme, a common thread in that they are all, they're seeing customers drawing down on their savings, there's a piling up on credit cards and a growing number of cases struggling to make their payments. Is this the first signs of a recession in the US where consumers are really feeling the pinch though? Yeah, it could be. Um you know, if you think of the different lead indicators, the things that tend to go bad early before you actually have a full-blown recession, uh, normally the first thing to go is advertising. Uh, you get less advertising by business because they realize that if they spend more money on advertising now, then in three months' time, they're not going to have higher sales. That happened about three months ago. Um, so we know that's a, an early warning sign that a recession might be coming. 
The dynamic that you mentioned there with the bank's commentary on credit cards and consumers starting to draw down their savings to the point where they're really relying on the credit cards, obviously the next step is when they can't meet the payments. So if you see uh, you know, those revolving credit card debts uh, just build, uh, then that would be an early sign that consumers are stressed. If sales go down to, to uh, large employers, like uh, in, for example, uh, you know, retail, general retail, uh, you'll see more layoffs and that would be the start of the recession proper with rising unemployment. Are you expecting similar trends with the Aussie banks? No, not really. Um, I think that what the Aussie banks have going for them is that, unlike in the United States, most uh, mortgagees here have what's called a floating rate mortgage. Uh, so it adjusts immediately to the higher interest rates. Whereas in the United States, they have what's called a fixed rate mortgage. Now, that will have different effects in each market. So, for example, in the US, nobody is going to buy a new house with mortgage rates above 7%. They'll wait for them to fall. Um, and they're not going to refinance a loan that, that they received uh, that's fixed for 30 years at a low interest rate. So basically, new issuance just goes off a cliff with mortgages. In Australia, it's a bit different because they reset straight away. Uh, and so we're seeing a, a bigger impact short term on our housing market here, uh, unlike the US. US has just seen a slowdown in, in activity, but not really a collapse in prices. Here we've seen a collapse in prices uh, and a rise in interest rates for the banks. That's good for the Australian banks because it means they are getting a cushion of support from higher income from their existing clients. And the fact that housing prices are falling is not terrible because it means that those younger people who really desperately want to have their first home, when employment conditions are good, they've got a much better chance to enter this market later this year. So we think there'll be a lot of discussion about whether the Australian banks, um, you should buy them or not. Uh, but we're reasonably confident that this is not going to be a 1991 situation with Australian banks. We think that they're a good buy at these levels. Uh, and we also think we could hold them through what will be some turmoil uh, through the second half of this year. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Kingsley Jones, Chief Investment Officer at Jevons Global, ending the conversation on, have a look at Australian banks. They, mm. um, the, the earnings model profile is very different, right? They're not That's so right. involved in uh, fixed loans, more floating rates. So as interest rates adjust, the banks can also adjust their loans. And so un, less impacted like what we see in the US banks, which are more on the fixed rate mortgages. More resilient. I think though the conversation that you had with him about the US consumer and how it's affecting retail banks uh, moving forward, I think is a worrying sign. What I think you saw in the results was the distinction between retail and investment banking. That's why you see all the job cuts being taking place at the investment bank side. Yeah, I think he mentioned that we also need to be cautious of the market rally we're seeing now. And I think what to watch out for is probably the earnings uh, released in the coming weeks and declining profit margins. I think he cited the example of Microsoft at the peak. They had a net profit margins of 40%. It's down now to 20%. And with that sort of scenario, you would have to have your revenue double to achieve a mm. similar sort of margin. And that would lead to also a deep, uh, compression in multiples, like your P multiples will also compress. So um, I think while th there is um, a, a strong market rally now, I think uh, earnings will probably take precedence over uh, the feel-good factor or the better sentiment now. But, you know, we always talk about this January effect, right, where fund, fund managers readjust their portfolio and they're cashed up and then they're thinking, okay, I'm going to put the money in the market. And maybe what we're seeing is the impact of that, especially for the first two weeks. So the question is, you know, is this just going to eventually fizzle out? Um, that might be a possibility. But up next, we'll be covering the top stories in newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9.
The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.